Welcome back to another episode of Security Explained. Today, we are going to be talking about some interesting social engineering you know, gotchas or techniques that are coming about and being used more and more. This field of social engineering is just going to accelerate, in my opinion, in the next year, just because no matter how much money you put into security or into your awareness, it's so easy to fall for these. I don't think anyone can ever say they're 100% you know, protected against social engineering. I know I can't say that about myself. I don't know about you all. Maybe you two are much smarter uh, no, than me. No, I definitely am, 100%. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, episode done. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not relevant anymore now. <laughs> definitely lost a Steam account in college. Ooh. Uh, yeah, someone impersonating my girlfriend at the time. Oh man. man, I'm so curious now to see like how did how did your that's the problem that that was the problem right there, Logan. You had a girlfriend in college. Just get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> Easy fix. How do you have both a girlfriend and a Steam account? Uh, that's counter counterintuitive. Uh, and yeah. her on Steam, wild. Her, so. Oh, her. Oh, wow. Yeah, she played video games too. Counter Strike. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that, so uh, we are the biggest item I think that is affecting a lot of people is probably these type of SMS social engineering engagements. So let's just start with that and then we'll start getting into yeah, yeah. what we'll call more advanced uh, social engineering and, and things that have, you know, it's going to be hard. I'll just say this right now it's going to be hard in the future to determine, you know, who's a real person or what's a fake video or something like that. And it's going to be used for social engineering. Yeah. All of this, all of this like AI generative content, whether it's uh, like just textual content or it's images or it's videos or just like, I, I've been talking to talking to some friends about how, you know, a, an interesting business play might be like, can you detect the difference between human or AI? Cause that's going to be a really big question. Oh. Um, it already is, but it's yeah. going to be much, much bigger uh, in the near in the near future. The DoD is having a um, it's called a Cibber Small Business Innovation uh, and Research contract um, next year that is going to be focused on finding innovative ways to detect deep fakes uh, and uh. innovative ways to detect AI chatbots. Uh, huh. That's super cool. So. Yeah, uh, I, I, I got a, I got a heads up. So all our listeners, you now have the heads up too. Dang, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> On the SMS stuff, the the most common SMS scam that I have seen recently, and it really just the volume within the past year has upticked so significantly, is the you get a text message from somebody that's like, you know, my name, my name's Chris, so they're like. Hey Steve, are you coming to the banquet dinner tonight? And and that's just the whole message. And they're expecting you to respond and be like, "Oh no, this is this isn't Steve." And then that's the pretext for them to start a relationship with you. And I don't know what the end game is, but I know that I get these text messages constantly, and I I kind of really? enjoy them because I respond to them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? If they're like, hey, Steve, you come to that banquet tonight, I'll be like, hell yeah, brother. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see it. And, and well, so, so my suspicion is that a lot of these scams are coming out of China 
So I usually, I usually find a way to be like, they'll be like, hey, Steve, it's Deborah. Like, are you coming to the banquet tonight? I'll be like, oh, Deborah, like, I'm so glad that we met um, back at the, you know, Freedom for Hong Kong rallies. <laughs> they usually they usually stop responding pretty quickly after i do that but do you do y'all not get do y'all not get those text messages i don't actually uh so i've actually only gotten one text message like that and i didn't respond to it so it yeah. was just it was i was like nope i first you used the wrong name so Who are you giving your phone out to chris yeah yeah, yeah if you get if you get a lot of those Right. I have to I have to imagine that if I'm pissing off the people that are doing it, they're just sharing my phone number more broadly to piss oh, me yeah. off back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm doing it to myself. Yeah, I didn't even think actually and, until you said that, I didn't even think it was a social engineering attempt. I was just I literally just thought it was like a wrong yeah. phone number. It's so innocuous. So, it's so now it's like, oh yeah, this is somebody but when I get like, you know, at the peak I was probably getting like three or four a week. Um and it was like, okay, this is this is happening too often for it to be a Man, you know all that anti-communist party China stuff you've been pushing out. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be disappeared before our next episode. Oh man, yeah. That I mean, m- most of the stuff that I get through text messages, like here's one. Uh, I'm, I'll just read it straight from my phone. Here's a quiz and facts. <clears throat> Here is a quick and fast link to securely view your balance details and pay your bill. Your bill is overdue. To get started, click, and then it like it says a carrier, a cellular carrier. And I'm just like, oh. And like the the link looks legitimate when you just look at it via text, but it's not legitimate when you like actually inspect it. And uh when I try to, you know, if you click on something like this, the link that it pops up in on the browser will be totally different. And um, so they're probably doing some like character play on Mm. that, on that Mm. link. Interesting enough, it actually is sent um, to my iPhone through iMessage. So interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask how SMS had that capability to have a URL like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think maybe it has something to do possibly with iMessage. Yeah, if you um, if you send a URL as like the first part or last part of a message in iMessage, it doesn't even, like in the UI, when you receive that message, it doesn't even include the link content. It just unrolls it to the image preview and the, the like open graph title as a separate message either underneath or above, mm-hmm. uh, above the one that you sent. Because I like, honestly, I think a lot of these SMS scams are real people with real phones. Um, but I think and coming from coming from apparently legitimate numbers, not even not even necessarily VoIP numbers, although I suppose can you register a VoIP number on an eSIM with a with on an iMessage? So yeah. with iMessage, um, I think you can. Uh, you don't actually have to register a real number uh, with iMessage. You can set up just a um, like you can you can iMessage people just with an email. And okay. um, so you set up your own Apple ID with just your email and no phone number, and you can message people that way. I see. Okay. Hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting <clears throat> to see that. And I was like, oh, no, that's crafty. That's crafty. It is. So, and there's, there's tons of others that, that I get, especially, you know, around Christmas time, 
Amazon text messaging scams yep. are yep. rampant where it's just like, yep. uh, you know, your package is being delivered soon. Um, mm-hmm. Requires signature. Click here to verify or something like, you know, not even your account's been compromised. Right. Something like we've attempted to deliver your package uh, and couldn't um, click here to see to follow next steps. Right. Or something like that. And I'm like, ooh. These are, I mean, these are good. These are good. If I was not so, you know, like paranoid, paranoid, yeah, essentially, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to random text messages and phone calls, I probably would have fell for one of those for sure. Yep. Yep. So, and I show them to my wife and I share them uh, in my family chat. We have like a, a, an immediate family chat um, with my family. Mm. And there are, there's been a case where, my brother um, has been like, oh, snap. Like, I clicked on that. I thought it was legitimate. And I was like, well, you better change your Amazon password. <laughs> 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 and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard for the everyday yeah. person. I couldn't imagine being a individual today without the awareness training that I have that I've had or, or yeah. even, you know, developing some of that awareness training and getting these text messages and being like, oh, yeah, there's something wrong. You have to be so paranoid now. I know it's it's terrible. Another one that we might see around the holidays is texts from uh, a number you don't know. And they'll say they're a family member. And they're like, yeah, I'm traveling. I've lost mm. my phone. Can you send me the cash to help me out? Yeah, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. I mean, this used to be a, like a Facebook Messenger scam as well, mm. um, where their account would get hacked and they'd be like, hey, I'm traveling like to far off lands or whatever, or I'm stuck in like one I remember I got from a family member whose account got hacked. And I never check Facebook Messenger because I don't really care about Facebook. Um, the only reason why I still have a Facebook is because there's camera groups that haven't learned to get off Facebook. Uh, and (laughs) (laughs) so I have to like, I want to interact with, with those communities. I have to have a Facebook, but I checked messenger and it was someone that I hadn't talked to in forever, but, but, but it was uh, a close family member. And or I should say an adjacent, it's like a cousin, right? And they're like, "Hey, I'm stuck in Germany or wherever they were," and which was actually like would be something that would happen to them. Like this is believable, <laughs> plausible. <laughs> and, and they're just like, "I don't have my phone. It got stolen. My wallet got stolen. Um, I was able to set up this like temporary account. Can you wire money to it?" And I read that, and I was just like. Mm. I don't I don't think like this is my my cousin. Um so I I just I hit her up and I was like, "Yo, you uh you get stuck in Germany like 6 months ago cuz I just saw your message." <laughs> <laughs> it's actually still in some German prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hope hope you're not kidnapped. By the way, uh no, but um uh, yeah, so so seeing that on text messages, I haven't seen that personally yet, but I believe it. I know I know, like I said, on Facebook Messenger, that was like a big scam that was going on for a long, long time. W- one of the many reasons why Facebook should die. Uh, but <laughs> 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 love, love you, Mark Zuckerberg. Just 
Not really. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was A, I gonna pick up that 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 name. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I just even even talking about this makes me think about the fact that, you know, for all of these sorts of SMS based attacks, you have to have some sort of infrastructure, whether you're going out and buying SIM cards yourself or you're getting, you know, VoIP phone numbers, or you're using some like SIM as a service platform. Um, it makes me think about how much I have had to interact with the company uh, Twilio. And I don't know if y'all have interacted with Twilio very much. I'm sure the vast majority of their business is legitimate. Um, like the, the vast, vast majority of their business is, is legitimate. But when it comes to providers that that give you the infrastructure necessary to run attacks like this you know twilio's whole platform is providing you with numbers to text message from numbers to call from ways to do auto verify stuff like that and you would think that when, when you start thinking about like how do you prevent this sort of abuse well you would need visibility into whether it's the text message open rate or text message response rate or phone number like the their phone call uh, response rate these are the numbers you probably want to be looking at and be like oh this this phone number just sent text messages to 50 different people and have heard nothing back something something to that effect like that should be flagged as suspicious and it just strikes me that the parties that are in the best position to solve these sorts of problems are directly financially incentivized not to because they make money on every text message that is sent. It's and so the, gross. It's so and having having spent time with like Twilio's fraud team, and, and they're like telling us like, oh, you got to implement this and you got to do that. It's like we've implemented all this. It's still a problem. You're the one that has the the network level visibility, and they just like threw up their hands. And were like, no, nah, it's not our problem to solve, Chris. It, it is. It's so funny. I was talking to a a colleague just yesterday and he started just going on a tirade about Twilio. Twilio is yeah, they they operate close to a cartel. <laughs> like I'm not I don't know if they bring anybody out back and shoot them, but but when it comes to like deceptive business practices and it's like you have to do business with them. Um there's a few competitors that are coming out now, but like you basically you don't it's like you're working with a utility. Like I only have one or two utilities that I get to choose from where I live. It's an oligopoly. I don't really have a choice. And they they fully capitalize on their on their position because yeah the 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 common form of fraud or one of the common forms of fraud that I saw uh, in in my interaction with Twilio is there's some telephony provider they have a bunch of phone numbers and they charge some amount for text messages to be run across their network. It's an exorbitant rate. Uh, and so no, and because the, nobody actually has those phone numbers. And so they partner with some other party that gets a kickback for every text message they manage to send across that network. Um, because it's like the, the network owner gets, gets a bunch of money and they, they give a cut to the person that sent the text message. And so the, the only point at which Twilio would ever actually reach out to us and be like, Hey, uh, this is, this is a problem. We gotta, we gotta figure this out is when Twilio was at risk of having their services cut off because of how much abusive traffic was flowing through that network and how how the like partnering carriers were getting charged too. So it was only ever it was only ever a problem once it could affect Twilio's bottom line, but when it was charging their customers hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars a piece, they were like, mm-hmm, I don't know, no idea." <laughs> Chris, do you know if Twilio got uh, a cut of any of those charges? 
I mean, I they know. are, you pay them to send the text message. Uh, so they are getting compensated. They are getting compensated for every text message being sent. They just get concerned when it's like, hey. A little too fraudy. <laughs> gonna you know, we're we're going to cut off your access to our telephone networks if you don't solve this fraud problem. And then they push the fraud problem off onto their customers, despite the fact that they are the ones with all the data to see, you know, across my 500 customers, they're all routing traffic across this abusive thing. It, it's, I digress. Because <laughs> SMS, that's not even quite social engineering, but SMS fraud is a huge thing. Well, th- those services are used in in like SMS social, en- social totally. engineering. Totally, 100%. Like, that. like, you don't want <clears throat> the old way of getting, you know, 32 different SIM cards and putting it into some gateway uh, to send out fraud- fraudulent SMS text messages um, is like super old hat and yeah. no one does it anymore, right? Yeah. So with the advent of VoIP, why would you ever do that? Yep. And it's yep. not like... And and the best thing about it is, well, not the best thing, but a lot of these social engineering items, they don't need you to respond back, right? Mm-hmm. The the ones that we've been talking about where they have you respond back, like the one that you brought up, Chris, where they're like, hey, this is Steve. You're going to be at the club or the banquet or whatever. Like that is that is newer to see. Usually it's just follow this link. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at least one cell carrier who I know who is making sure you're aware on the phone call side, at least, if what the the number you're getting called from is a number that's you know called a hundred different phone numbers, and oh, no interesting. Up, you have to pay for it. But Verizon uh, has a call blocking and spam detection feature, and I have that enabled on all all the phones. Interesting on, on the account. I didn't know that. But yeah, so <clears throat> it's a paid for service. And you can set your level of risk. So my level of risk is low, which sometimes leads to it blocking legitimate phone calls that are that are on like my bank. That if my bank ever calls me, which I don't really care <clears throat> uh, if it gets blocked, because I'll call them back, right? But um, and again, one thing: if your bank calls you, tell them thank you for the phone call. Hang up and call them back immediately, right? Don't mm. don't don't talk to your bank that just called you. Uh, it's going to take five extra minutes. It's going to suck, but yep. uh, it's smart to do that. That goes for more than just bank as well. I mean, like one of the right. one of the canonical pieces of guidance that we give for dealing with phishing scams is anytime that you have any sort of suspicious outreach, right? Like somebody contacts you and says something, you're just like, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is legitimate. One of the best things you can do in all cases is you say, okay, cool, let me contact you via another medium, right? So you get a text message, you give them a phone call back, you get a Slack message, you send them an email, you instead of using that same communication channel that the outreach happened on, you go to one that you know works for that person. And you just confirm out of band, like, hey, was that you? And I like, of all the foolproof ways to solve these sorts of scams, that that is the one that just continues to pay pay dividends. Yep. Or you go, if you're in a company, you go to the company directory and you call a number that's listed on like that individual who just sent you that email or gave you that phone call. Yep. You call the number that is listed at on their like actual company profile. You don't call the number they told you to call because there's been there's been times where we compromised an email. Like I remember when the employer that Chris and I shared uh, when we were both working there, I was on an engagement. 
And I sent an email saying, hey, this is IT, blah, blah, blah. We're going to need you to patch up your systems. Um, They had like a whole bunch of Adobe problems. And I was just like, if there's, this should be a fairly automated process. You don't have to really do anything. But if there's a problem with your system being patched, we will call you. And so I called this individual. It's the first phone call. And this lady is just like, what's your name? And I I give him the name. It's a legitimate employee in uh, the company. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to give you a call back. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Just, uh, you know, my my number is in my footer of the email, my signature. (laughs) (laughs) And and she's okay. And I was thinking in my head, like, oh, my God, I got caught. And this company, this it was a bank. They they were like so proud with how much they spent on security awareness training. They're like, you're no. not gonna be able to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is not gonna work out. Like got caught, so embarrassing. And then like five minutes later, I get a phone call. Right when I'm about to make another phone call. And I answer it as, you know, hi, this is Steve from IT. And she's like, Oh, hi, Steve. I uh, I just wanted to verify that it was you. You know, you, you can't be too trusting of random phone calls. <laughs> and I, I remember so close. I I I I have this recording somewhere, like this one piece of this recording. But it says, "Well, I I appreciate your uh, your effort to ensure that our security is robust around here, Stephanie. Now, can you take the extra step and help me update your system?" And (laughs) (laughs) download my rat, please. Uh, (laughs) And we have a buddy, his name's Joe. Uh, He also worked with us. He still works there. And he was the one that was on the back end side waiting for shells to pop out. Uh And like she installs it and he texts me. He's like, I'm in. I was like, cool. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so, so, so. When you are calling, don't call the the number on the email signature. Go to the company directory, yep. look up that person, give them a call through one of those methods. Yep. Or like Chris said, give them a call through or send them an email, send them a Slack message or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do it at a band and verify that, that you're actually talking to who you're talking to. And on that, adding voice and SMS, I guess going to the next level on the social engineering side is... One thing that I had seen personally uh, and, and one that I've had friends see is I would get a text message that says, you know, the typical, hey, uh, your account's been compromised. Like on one was Amazon. It was just like, your account's been compromised. Here's your six-digit number for verification. Okay. And, you know, it says the don't share it with anyone type thing. Then I get a phone call. And... The phone call is your account's been compromised. Type in that six digit number that we texted you. Uh, and, and it says it more, you know, business like. But it basically says type in the six digit number that we text you to verify your identity. And they're just want they're just waiting for you to type in your number. And then uh, and that's because, you know, they're either doing some type of password reset or, or something along those lines to they need that second verification method to compromise your account. So your account's not compromised until you type in that number. And it's not a human that gives you a call. Now, on my particular case that, that, I, that I heard on mine, and I was thinking, like, when I got that phone call, I was like, oh, this is, this is so good. Like, I was, I was, can't even be upset. I was just impressed, right? And I was like, this is so good. 
I'm like, good, good try, good try. But it just made me again think, like, if I wasn't paranoid, like I am with random calls or text messages, um, it would make me uh, be like, oh yeah, that's weird. Oh, and the other thing, the one thing that that really added to it is their caller ID was like Amazon P or something like that. Um, so it, it looked like it was actually Amazon. I don't have that number saved in my phone, but like the actual caller ID for it popped up as, you know, Amazon P. So um, that's pretty, mm, that's pretty crafty. I know. I know. I was like, Oh, using, u- using that caller ID functions against people. It's pretty good. And I've had people have, have banks do the same thing, right? Where they're just like, your account's been compromised, and then they ask them, type in your, like, to verify your identity. Now, on my friend's case, it was actually a real, real person. They're like, do not tell me the number. Just type it in on your phone. Mm-hmm. And that makes the people think, like, oh, okay, yeah, that they can't they, they can't get the number. Like, obviously, it has to be the bank that, that could do this, because I'm not giving the human the number. But really, what they just have is a DTMF um, dual-tone multi-frequency, which is the number or the sounds that come out when you push numbers on your phone. Um, and it's just a decoder. So mm-hmm. like, just, you gotta be careful on that. And I've, I've used that on social engineering engagements where we have people type in those numbers because they don't want to share those numbers or the, or they get told like, don't, don't give this number out to anyone. And it was just like, no, don't give it out to us. You have to type it into your phone and then the system will verify you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so funny work. that that works. Oh, that's, People don't know technology, right? Like, yep. of course it works. They're just like, well, I'm not giving out my number. It, it makes me feel secure. And and even now, companies, like when you do a payment over the phone, if you do a payment like over the phone to AT&T, they will tell you like, you're not going to tell us your credit card number. If you're like doing a payment over the phone with someone on, um, and they don't just send you to the automated system, uh, they will not. Um, they will tell you like, don't tell us the number, just type in your credit card number. Uh, and then type in your expiration date and type in your zip code and you type it all into your phone and they don't get the number. So it's, it's a technique that, you know, has been used for social engineering, but I think that's going to be abused even more because people are now realizing like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to type in these numbers. And the cool thing is like the, the individual on the phone can't see my credit card number. Because that was a problem that some people were having at AT&T is they're worried about someone overseas because that's what the support group is for AT&T is going to have my credit card number, right? So AT&T like implemented this particular function uh, where you could just type in your number and it made people feel safer. So yeah, it's it's interesting that people don't know, but at the same time, we are enabling standard technologies for people to, you know, feel comfortable with those methods. So before we started recording this pod, Chris, you found a new method that is super spicy. Oh, this one. I mean, I just saw this. You know, we 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 seemingly cannot get away from mentioning FTX uh, at least once every episode. And so I guess this is the our... The dumpster's still burning. This is our FTX. I think it's burning brighter now than it has yeah. been in the past. <laughs> And so, so FTX is the disgraced crypto, um, the disgraced crypto exchange that you now have an extradition out of the Bahamas 
going on as a result, which is crazy. Like that, I thought getting extradited out of the Bahamas was pretty hard to do, but I suppose when you commit $8 billion with a fraud, uh, maybe the rules are bent a little bit for you. I think that's what happens when you steal from rich people. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that that's probably that's probably true. I'm and still just waiting for a suicide. The, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a maximum security prison. Um, and the so so basically, this guy committed all this fraud. This guy and his his henchmen committed all this fraud at uh, at this crypto exchange, and somebody recognize this as a pretty good opportunity to scam some folks out of more cryptocurrency to kick them while they're down and uh and they made what is effectively a deep fake i see a little bit of there's a little bit of debate back and forth on on twitter whether it's a deep fake or whether it's using this other technology that just moves lips in a video to uh to a wave file and they got a, they got a voice actor but basically there is a video that is fairly convincing of Sam Bankman Fried, or however you pronounce his name, basically the guy that heads up FTX, and and there's a video on Twitter of him saying, "Hey guys, you know FTX is going bankrupt, but it's okay. You don't need to panic. We have a program in place to get your crypto back to you. All you have to do is go go to like FTX um, FTX Refund or something dot com, and it's the CEO saying it. So it's like this. Oh oh, and then and then to make it even one level better, this." was happening when it was easier to abuse when 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 elon musk was like yeah everybody gets a check mark and everybody was impersonating everybody else on twitter and so this account got a verified account as sam bankman freed and then had this video posted to it directing people to this web page that was also a phishing page that said hey yeah you got to give us like like send us your crypto and we'll double it we'll send it back which also of all the of all the crypto scams that's the most caught. That's so obviously a scam on its face. I've never heard of that being it's not amazing. a scam, but it works. Yeah. It works. But then again, I guess if you're if you're the sort of person that bought crypto and sent it to an exchange like FTX, then you might be on the more gullible side of uh, of, of of crypto holders. That was impressive. It it looked real, especially at a glance. We'll we'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it was good. Um, you can tell, listen, now that you know that it's fake, listen very closely to how the AI-generated voice says the word Sounds. crypto. Yeah. Yeah. There's some words, but in particular, crypto for me really shot out quickly. Yep. To It was like, oh, nope, that, that sounds weird. And it, it wasn't weird as like someone said something quickly and it, you know, blended a few letters together because i know i do that personally it sounded weird like it was off it's just the wrong way to say it yeah yeah so listen to that and just know that the 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 deep fake that was used is not even the best hybrid yeah it wasn't even that good Mm -hmm. uh technology out there one other rule of thumb for folks that are trying to protect themselves from crypto scams anytime anybody ever tells you hey deposit funds into this address and we're gonna send twice the amount back to you i don't care if it's elon musk i don't care if it's tim cook i don't care if it's the disgraced founder of ftx it is a scam it is a scam that has i don't think there's been a single time ever in the world that that has not been a scam don't ever send your money 
your your cryptocurrency into another account with the expectation that double the amount is going to come back into your address. It's not going to happen, period. Chris, it's actually kind of funny. So <clears throat> some of the people who run these scams, they know their targets will deposit small sums initially. So they'll send like a buck and then the skimmer, scammer will send two bucks back. Ah. Then 10 bucks, they'll send 20 back. Then when they finally deposit a G or something, they take yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's creative. It's creative. <laughs> you can you can send as much crypto as you want to my account. I'm not going to send any of it back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just keep it. So. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll leave we'll leave Drew's private key address uh, in the show notes as well. well I just to send it. <laughs> so moving on from the the deep fake, I actually saw a. I saw a clip about a scam that I had not seen before that I thought was pretty interesting. And this one is particularly relevant for anybody that is out and about shopping for Christmas. So the way that this scam works is somebody goes into a uh, goes into like a Walmart or a Target or one anywhere that sells a lot of gift cards, right? You've seen those gift card racks where it's like, oh, buy 50 bucks for PlayStation or 100 bucks for REI or yada, yada, yada. Then, you know, gift cards are the, the, the eternal, I don't know what the hell to get for this person, so I'm just going to get them a gift card sort of thing. And people do this a ton around or buy, buy a ton of them around the holidays. So it's just a, a, a really good target right now. And so what folks do, they steal gift cards and then they basically figure out, okay, here's the, and, and these gift cards are not activated until they're, they're purchased, right? So you can go into one of these stores and steal a handful of gift cards and try to go use them, but they're not going to, when you try to use them, they will have no balance because you actually have to purchase that specific gift, gift card for it to hold a balance. And so what they do is they take the barcode on the back of the cards that they have stolen and they print out that barcode in a sticker that is the exact same size as the real barcode and they go back into the store and they put that barcode on top of the barcode of some of the other cards, right? So somebody else then comes in, grabs one of these gift cards, goes to purchase it, but it turns out that when that gift card is scanned and purchased, that those funds are actually applied to the gift card that the person stole. So it's just like, like that's, that's sneaky and that's gonna be real hard to catch, real hard to catch, unless you're looking for a sticker that is on top of the barcode of the, of the gift card that you're purchasing. You could very well be, uh, you, know, you know, victim, fall victim to, to this sort of attack. Is, is there a name for this? Because off the cuff, it feels kind of like a reverse skimmer. I don't know. It, it's it's the new crafty. Uh, uh, the name is the new crafty, you know. Uh, <laughs> gift, this is why gift, we don't have Drew name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just cut that out. <laughs> no, we're leaving that in. I, 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 uh, I, I, I had a name, but then I like lost it five seconds into it. All right, it will come back to me after we stop hitting record. Yep. I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> we'll do next episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is a great, as in like terrible, but a great idea for a scammer effective it, yeah it is it's innovative <clears throat> now when that happens because usually what's going to happen is like that person may not use that gift card right away so it's going to be 30 days later or, or 31 days right and and grocery stores or wherever they're getting it may not retain video for that long right mm. i know some 
some grocery stores only retain video for seven days. Um, unless they know an incident happened, then they'll save that video for long-term storage. But so if you're doing this, like you, you're probably not going to have video evidence used against you because it's yep. going to be gone. Yep. So yep. It's, uh, these thieves are getting crafty. They really will are. continue to get craftier. That, we, we missed one of my favorites, one of my favorite scams uh, that I should have I brought up, or social engineering schemes that I should have brought up when we were talking about SMS, so I'm just going to mention it now. Uh, the number one social engineering attack that I've seen, the most common social engineering attack that I've seen working for various companies is the, you get a message from an exec that says, hey, Drew. Uh, I need your help right now. Like, like mm-hmm. please, please send me a text message at this phone number. And so it's some email that appears to come from somebody in a position of power that is as, saying like, hey, this is an emergency. I need you right now. Send me a text message. And what they're hoping you'll do is send a text message to that phone number before you, like, for, they're sending it with a sense of urgency so that you're not actually thinking critically and being like, is this really this person? And you're just like, oh, d- defer, to, defer to authority. I'm going to send that text message. And then they're going to ask you to do something. Um, whereas like, if you take two seconds to take a look at what the actual email address is that the message is coming from, it's something that is clearly like Aunt Peggy at AOL.com. And it's like, <laughs> okay, this is definitely not the CEO. Um, but the the thing that I think is the funniest part about this scam is if you've ever fallen victim to it, you might be aware of this, or if you've ever kind of like seen this through to the end, the thing that they're generally trying to get you to do is run to a store and buy a bunch of gift cards and send the gift card numbers back to the really? back to the yes, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's like <laughs> oh my god. I, emergency, I need your help right now. It's like, oh, oh my God, what, what do you need help with? Like, I need you to run <laughs> to Target and get $500 of Starbucks gift cards and scratch them off and send them to me. It's like, <laughs> how do people, either, either the CEOs that are doing this are really into Starbucks, are really untrustworthy people, or the folks that are getting successfully hit with this just aren't thinking. Because like, it's just, it just, I feel like it's just so obviously a scam on its face. Along those, talking about a CEO and something that's like kind of scammy or, or weird. Uh, on the opposite end, I know this individual who their CEO was trying to get into their office. Mm-hmm. And this individual like can see the CEO on camera. And the CEO calls the front desk and it's just like, hey, I can't get to the office. My badge isn't working. And the person who's looking at the video is like, I have no clue who you are. <laughs> and they legitimately didn't know like the ceo of their own company right it was a huge company uh, and the ceo is just like i need you to let me in and the person is like no absolutely not like you need to go back home and get your badge or or like they forgot their badge or something so, or, or, or something wasn't working and they legitimately blocked their ceo like they, they got that emergency like hey i'm the ceo this is who i am and, and the like, ceo tried to verify me. himself <laughs> and it was just like no like you i'm not gonna let you in and that person <laughs> actually got a bonus good right? the, C- the ceo was pissed but that ceo um then you know realized like okay no this is good like i actually could have been you know someone that was there to harm employees uh and and that that employee got a bonus 
uh, at the end of that quarter for like not messing up and and and, and the, that's good because usually you get like a severance bonus so yeah <laughs> right. so that's why, why is my check pink uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was it, it was uh it, it was good to hear but yeah i was <laughs> i thought it was hilarious i was just like well, maybe next time you should know who your CEO, the company that you work for, is. Uh, <laughs> no, but then we wouldn't have the amazing show called Undercover Boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My, the favorite part about that show is when, like, the boss gets outed in five seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. some, like some, you know, stock worker. It was just like, "Hey, you're this person," and the CEO's like, <clears throat> "No, I'm Steve." Uh, <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I, I, I get excited for those employees. I'm like, damn, I mean, this is like some multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah, yeah. They are what you would consider like a low end employee, but like they knew their CEO. And I'm like, yeah, give me that employee's phone number because I'm totally going to hire them from you. Yeah, yeah. You might say, how can I spot these scams, right? And, and the answer is spotting these social engineering scams is going to be hard, especially now. And the reason for that is in the old day, we used to say, you know, oh, look for misspellings or grammar mistakes. Uh, and for some of us, that was very difficult, like myself, because I'm just like, this email seems to be perfectly written. I can't and, type. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just really bad at English. So, uh, but but you'd be like, oh, they misspelled this word or they didn't capitalize this. And you'd always make a joke about it and be like, oh, this email is like so poorly written or this text message is clearly like they translated it with Google Translate and Google Translate wasn't that great at that time. But that doesn't work anymore. And the reason why it doesn't work is because we have AI generated both chat messages and we have AI assisted grammar. And these yep. organizations are using these services. Um, what is it? It's called Chat GPT or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yep. Um, I was playing around with it yesterday, actually, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it can write a phishing email for you." I was like, "Write me an email that is trying to scam someone to transfer me money," and it wrote up like a small little email with urgency that was like, "I need you to send me money," <laughs> and. And then you got your door kicked in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you know, it actually wrote a, a well-crafted email. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Wow. I sent it over to one of my QA guys. And I was like, QA this. Because I was interested with, like, how well it was written. And he was just like, oh, well, this doesn't follow, like, our standard format. And I was like, that was, like, his complaint with it. It didn't follow our standard, like, format. And I was like, yeah, okay. But, like, on the grammar side. And he was like, oh, this is, you know, this, this is pretty good. Like, it's, it's pretty good. He had, like, one or two minor complaints on it. But, like, these minor complaints are the wording that was used is kind of a older style of, you know, for some, I don't know, some he said some standard. I don't, I don't know all that stuff. That's why he does that. Um, but it wasn't like it was improper. It was just, yep. like, the new modern ways to, like, use this type of phrasing. And I was just like, wow. So this is legit. This is good. And so now that whole language barrier joke that everyone used to make fun of no longer existent. It is gone. So you can't just look for poorly written emails. And you can't just I mean, I'm sure they'll still be around. They're there to target the people that just are gullible. But uh, 
you you can't rely on your old detection techniques. And really the only thing I can think of right now is like trust no one, right? <laughs> That's a hell of a oh, lesson. Drew, you've been doing that for a while. <laughs> now the the so so two two things on that. One is it, it's one thing for this to be able to generate like an email, right? It's another thing for if I'm gonna be running one of these phishing sites. I'm now going to have a like chat with us bottom in the bottom right hand corner. And then it's mm-hmm. going to open up chat and you're going to think it's a real human agent behind it because it's so good. And, and that's just going to be software. It's just going to be software. But the, so you know, the way that, you know, the way that you're able to determine whether or not what you're talking to is one of these AI based chatbots. Uh, lay it on us. So there's a, I forget what the term is for it. And if any of our listeners know what the term is, please let us know. It's some, it, it's basically a chat, an AI chat version of a Turing test. Um, and what you have to do, there, and there's there's also apparently a canonical question that you're supposed to ask. I don't remember the specifics. It's about cats, I think. No, no, no. The, the one that I'm thinking of is you ask it like, how long would it take for uh, oh, the yeah. London Bridge to climb the um, the Eiffel Tower? And so us, the, like to a human, that is obviously nonsense. Uh, but to one of these AI chatbot things, it's able it's able to know like, oh, the London Bridge is this long, the Eiffel Tower is this high. Uh, it took this long to build the London Bridge, so that's its speed. And so it'll be like, oh, it'll take seven and a half minutes for the london bridge to cut to climb the eiffel tower and it's like n- no it won't <laughs> because like that that does this it's obviously nonsense so that's apparently the the where the front line is and figuring and determining like is this a chatbot or not is or is it like a gpt backed chatbot or not is you ask it something like that and the chatbot because of the way that it is built it just takes in you know massive amounts of of textual data and then is able to spit relationships back out it cannot determine what is nonsense mm-hmm. man ai is so terrifying oh Wait, god it, it's only become terrifying in the past like month too. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like I, copilot copilot was crazy that, that and now crazy. and now copilot is the same sort of technology is being applied to like art and movies and <laughs> music <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm waiting for the first AI generated script and AI generated movie to win like an Academy Award of some sort. It'll and... happen eventually. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean there there's there was some there was some security conference, there was some security researcher that was submitting AI generated white papers to various academic conferences and they got him accepted at a handful. No. I mean, I believe it. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing when it comes to AI and voice or, or chat, people are like, when does it become sentient? And it's just like, it doesn't need to be all, all AI needs to do is convince someone else that it's real. Like with that Google employee, right? It, 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 is it a real person? No, it doesn't have to be a real person. It doesn't have to, be sentient in, in the traditional way that we think of it. It just has to be real enough to convince someone that it is real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it's already, it's not going to happen. It literally has already happened. Yep. And it's just, that is the part where it gets scary for abuse. Because you won't know, and, and this is <clears throat> my hope, and I don't know if it will ever happen, 
is people go back to more face-to-face interactions instead of purely online interactions. That'd be nice. Right? And because that's the only way that you can know until until that's going to be broken, right? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to get into, like, extreme special yeah, effects makeup. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, just have Neuralinks that are hacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just straight to the brain. But it is... You know, we, we talk about these scams, and I just see this when something like the metaverse actually kicks off and more and more people are using it. These technologies that we're talking about that are being used today in this last part of the episode are just going to be abused for the next, you know, two to three generations. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we always close episodes out on a downer? <laughs> I, li- I literally just was thinking about that. I, was I don't know. Like, <laughs> I need to stop ending these episodes. <laughs> but on that, on a happy note, it is going to be Christmas soon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's so already Hanukkah. <laughs> get, get off your electronics after you've rated this episode five stars. Please. And spend time with your friends and family in yep. person. And then you can laugh and share all the cool knowledge that you learned about social engineering and uh, impress everyone with how smart you are. Yeah, see if you see if you can scam your relatives out of their bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right. Well, yes, in actual in actual earnesty, happy holidays and have a have a safe and wonderful end of the year and New Year's Eve. And we'll see you, we'll see you in the new year.